Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Voice. And today's episode, it's just going to be me speaking and I'm just going to be completely vulnerable with the public out there and just get my voice and my stories out there because I, you know, lately I've I've had, you know, a lot of conversations with a lot of people and connecting with, you know, people with similar stories and what they've been through. And it's really inspired me to express mine a little bit more because I, I like, you know, what I preach out there that, hey, you know, you guys, you should express yourself. It's healing and all of these things to people out there, like, hence having this podcast, Unleash Your Voice, allowing other people to come on and speak their truth and what they believe in, their values and beliefs, and talk about their traumas and and whatever they want to talk about to express themselves to really heal. Because this is where we heal, guys. This is where we heal is through expression. We really heal through expression. There's di- there's a lot of different modalities, of course, where that can help you on that mission of expressing yourself and so on. But it really comes down to expressing yourself with the, the struggles and the things that you've been through and being completely vulnerable and not being afraid of what people think of you, not, not caring what people think of you, like whether you want to cry about the things you've been through in front of people and, and just show that to the world because people want to see that. They want to see that people want human connection. They want that. And I want to show you guys that, hey, I'm just as real as anyone else. I am here to express myself and and show you guys that, hey, it doesn't matter what you've been through in your life, you can overcome it and you can be you can become the best version of yourself with you know changing your habits, changing your behavior and different things and routines, daily routines, keeping discipline, all of those things that come into it. So I'm just gonna, uh, yeah. I'm just gonna get straight into it. Um, so, I, I just want to express some of my stories of like what it was like growing up. It wasn't easy, and you know what? If a couple of tears roll out in, in this uh, podcast today, I'm just gonna let it happen and just not not have any expectations whatsoever. This is me. I'm a passionate human being and I'm here to make an impact on the world and I want to use my voice more. And here I'm at. So lately I have been connecting with people that have gone through so many struggles and and addictions, alcohol, drugs, all of these things. And it's like, wow, that's inspired me. I've been through that myself. Like, you know, I have been through drugs and alcohol addictions and gambling addictions and all of those things. And it was not easy. It was not easy going through that. But look at who the person I've become. Someone who's motivated to change people's lives through those struggles that I've been through. So it's a blessing in disguise. So going back when I was a kid, it was not easy at all. When I was a kid... I struggled. I struggled like big time, you know, when it came to learning. Um, I had learning difficulties growing up. Old story. I've learned how to rewire my brain and I've gone through that and I understand me. And so old story. But when I was young, I 
I had a lot of, I had a lot of like struggles, like when it came to learning, when it came to reading, like I remember when I was like six years old and, you know, and then like the, when you're in class and like the book comes over to, to the kid, like the, the book gets passed around a circle for someone to read. And I was always that kid going on, oh, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Why would I be saying that is because I actually wasn't comfortable reading I, I, you know, used to get super nervous and a little, little bit of stuttering and stuff when I was reading because I was so, so nervous and worried about what people would think of me because I was struggling with it and I was afraid to ask for help. Like, you know, I'm a little kid. I don't know any better. I'm little, I'm young. And it just went on from that. Like, you know, and I was very, very shy when I was younger. When I was a kid, and into my teenage years, I was a shy person, but it wasn't from my soul because my soul is vibrating and radiating out right now. This is who I really am. And this is who the person I, I knew I wanted to become, but I was stuck. You know, I had to go through learning lessons in my life to get to this. And, but long story short, so when I was struggling in school and I was struggling to learn and, you know, kids used to make fun of me like even when I was younger like really young and and you know say horrible things and I know now how to like sort of become the observer of my own emotions and certain things right so I know how to reframe things and I know how to rewire myself like I understand how to deal with those things now but when I was young because when you're a vulnerable kid you you don't like you're just learning, you're learning about what this world's all about. What is this world all about? You know, as a kid, you don't know. You're just, you're just trying to fill your way in. And, you know, a lot of kids are trying to fit in and be accepted and all of those things. And yeah, I wanted to be accepted, but I was a little bit of a rebel as well. Like I would wanted to go on my own, you know, journey. I, I wasn't sure what it was when I was young, but so when, yeah, when I was a kid and I was struggling um, and kids would make fun of me and they'd, they'd say mean things and stuff like stuff like, you know, um, thinking that, you know, because I had the learning difficulties and, and all of those things that I was stupid and like, you know, and you, and, you know, but when I was, when I was like, in, you know, from basically six to and like, 12 13 like that's when things just got really really bad but it was just little things but when i was a kid i didn't understand i'm only a kid so i didn't understand but yeah and i used to daydream a lot and just was never focusing on the learning because i don't know like i was just yeah i was nervous and all of those things as a kid um but you know little comments that when when you're a kid like say you know Say if you were six years old, right? And someone, a little kid, I know now, calls you stupid or calls you dumb and calls you whatever the, these, you know, degrading name calling and those things. When you're a kid, you don't know how to respond to that. You just go into your shell even more, which, which is exactly what I did as a kid. I went into my shell. Like the only things that got me through in my primary school years and stuff was the fact that I, you know, I did like to play my sports and all of those things. So I was playful when I was a kid. I liked, I wanted to create things, you know, as a kid and be that creator. But 
I wasn't able, like, especially in the schooling systems, like, you know, how, you know, how to unlock that ability so I can thrive and, and all of those things because the normal structures in schools are just, I don't know, I got bored. And when I went into my teenage years, that's when it really, it really, really got bad. Um, I remember when I was, you know, uh, like in year seven, it was, it was, it was um, like, you know, a vulnerable age, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, got the puberty and all of those things and different things in my body and all of that is like hormones and different things are happening that I didn't know how to deal with. Right. And mood swings and all sorts of things that I had to go through as everyone does in those periods. Right. And at the same time, like wanting to like people to sort of like who I am, I couldn't be who I am. I couldn't express myself properly. I shut down completely like, and was nervous to speak about certain things. Um, but long story short, like I remember when I was, you know, 12, 13, um, I had a lot of, I had acne, I had bad acne and I was very, very skinny um, at the time. And I just like, so I was very, very insecure about my body and all of those things. And just the way I looked, I was, I had a lot of, um, like insecurities and a lot of um, my self-esteem was very very low very very low and as a as a a, a man now but like as a boy and it's like I was never taught how to really on saying that I know my mom would always be there and supporting me to sort of speak up about things and all of that but as far as like in the schooling systems and all of those support network whatever I just I just didn't know where to look. I didn't know how I was able to get through that. So, um, but yeah, because I like, you know, I didn't like, you know, my, my body, I didn't like any of that part of me and the, and the pimples all over my face, bad acne. Um, and also I couldn't concentrate in school. I couldn't concentrate because what I know now is that my brain the way it works, I didn't know back then, but my brain, the way it works, it's sort of like um, it, it goes to many different things at once. Like it's like a, um, I was reading this book, it's called uh, um, Limitless by Jim Quick. And he was saying like, it's basically, sorry, I know I do tend to go around sometimes in, in stories, but I get back to my point, don't worry. So I was reading this book um, from Jim Quick called Limitless. And he was talking about what that actually means when, when your brain, like it goes, like the focus goes on so many things at once. It's like multi, you know, focus. It's a heightened focus and it's, it's not an easy thing. You have, there's certain things that you need to do and be disciplined with to make sure that you're focusing on one thing specifically at a time but I didn't know that when I was a kid and it usually means that you're highly creative. You, you've got, a, you're, you're a visionary, you're highly creative and you're always looking at other things and things that you can bring in. And most of those people are actually very, very messy. And it's funny because like growing up, like my room and all of those things, I don't know, sometimes I've, I've been getting better at it. I still laugh. Sometimes I end up, oh, oh no, I'm 
back into a routine. It's like, what's going on there? No, I'm a lot better. I'm just kidding. But growing up, I was pretty messy. I was a messy child. I used to just dump my clothes on the ground and have my family go up and be like, you know, oh, you could put your washing in the wash and all this, like, and you got to clean your room and all of that. And I used to get the shits and like, I'll clean it in a minute. Like, you know, and I just, whatever. But usually, and it's that messiness is because of my brain. It's It, it can become messy if I'm not disciplined in certain things to, to make sure I get my focus and all of that. But it means you're highly creative. And most of those people, if their room's like that, their office is like that. And sometimes for some strange reason, it kind of like makes that person, I know this might sound a bit out there, but if you go and like read Jim Quick's book, if you go and like look at a couple of YouTube things and learn more about how the brain works and stuff and how certain people work, um, you understand what I'm saying. So it's basically like it, it gives that person comfort you know, in the way their mind ticks that, oh, okay, I like it that I've got a couple of papers over there and there and there because it gives me that more things to focus on of how I can leverage and bring that in to integrate something magical to create something that's beyond just the normal structured logical ways of thinking and how a lot of people might think, you know, where they've got the structure, but hey, Anyway, I'm proud of that. And I, I, like, this is like, it's exciting because I know this about me now. But hey, when I was younger, I didn't know that. So, and because of the schooling systems, what I was saying, the schooling systems, they're very, um, they give you things like basically, all right, you've got a test to do. You need to memorize all of that. And it's, it's not the way that I like to learn for how I'm learning now, but and I've got a good memory, but the thing is, it has to excite kids. When you're a kid, you need to be excited to get the focus so you are paying attention to what you're learning from that, especially if you have a mind that's very vivid and open for many, many things at once and you're highly creative. And this is what I wanted to share because it will help a lot of, you know, Mums out there that might have teenagers growing up that they're struggling in school and certain things. It's like, it's perfectly fine because the world's changing. There's going to be new ways of learning and new like intuitive ways of learning and just allowing people that time to be the creator and, and, you know, like they get to basically think and not be told what to think. It's just, no, they get, they get to think for themselves because that's how it should be. But yeah, so as I was saying, my point is that when I, when I was, you know, not understanding that as a kid and I, and I I used to struggle, I used to get very, very poor marks. Like, you know, sometimes I would pass some of the tests and sometimes I wouldn't. And, I, you know, and I had my reading difficulties and I had extra lessons in like special classes and stuff when it came to reading. And I read books now, I've got like a library in my room and and I just love reading now, which is quite funny how things can turn around. But when I struggled to read and I and I and I just felt so like even though I'm not, but at the time, because a lot of people programmed that into me and I allowed their programs as my own. Whereas I know 
how to sort of block that from happening now and how to just stay on my path. But when I was younger, I struggled. So I used to, yeah, get poor, poor marks and all of these things. And, you know, and because I was very shy and, and just nervous, very nervous, shy, so nervous in the shyness and the, and the being, you know, sort of like bullied and stuff. And, and then sometimes I used to come into conversations like, you know, a little late in the, to the conversation and I would say something and it wouldn't make sense because I'm just so nervous. And, you know, people would say, oh, you're so dumb, you're this and you're like that. And they would base my intelligence based on what I was getting in like exams and, and all of those things, which mean absolutely nothing um, at the end of the day because of how the systems is. It's just, you know, pass on, memorize that and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so I got, I got teased a lot, at, you know, so many people, which I actually just want to say, I forgive every single soul because it's made me who I am today and I don't and I don't wish anything bad and I actually it's you know what like I've learned I'll get into it I've learned my lessons and how how you think well you know what they they were young they didn't know whatever and they were in they had their insecurities and whatever whatever it was but so because I got bullied a lot and, you know, made fun of the way I looked, the way I walked, the way I talked and, you know, calling me slow, dumb, stupid, skinny, you know, pimples all over your face. So look at you. Like all of those comments that I used to wear because I used to, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I know how to protect myself now, but walking around as this vulnerable child, um you know just kind of wanted wanting to be me and 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 not understanding the world and how it works and like why kids would make fun of people like not even understanding it it's like it's like all of those things i felt were just just surface talk and i don't know why but i always felt like i wanted more deeper meaning in life i just wanted to find that deeper meaning in life there was something more than that but when I, it was it was a struggle going up and getting called all of these names and made fun of like you know every single day that I in my high schooling years every single day there were times where I had some fun with sport and I had you know some friends at the time or whatever but you know there was a lot of like you know make people that actually you know bullied me and 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 said a lot of cruel things that at the time I didn't know how to deal with. I seriously didn't know how to deal with. I used to, I used to come home every single day and sit in my room and I used, I used to just cry. I used to just cry and cry and cry and like, why me? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And being that vulnerable kid, like not knowing how to deal with that, you know, I'm getting a bit teary because it is a, it's an emotional story, but it's, you know, it's, it was not easy at all. Like, you know, coming in and wanting to sort of be who I am and not, not being free. I felt trapped. I felt trapped. 
and it was I was empty. I was empty inside. I had no self love whatsoever. I had nothing, and I remember every single day coming home just going why me why me why me i used to cry i never spoke up until like later on as i was getting older like even with my family like i used to shut it all off i used to suppress all of my emotions and want to conquer the world by myself wanting to just i'll work it out because despite all of those challenges that I went through, despite all of the bullying and all of the things that I couldn't understand when I was a kid, I always had an optimistic look in life. I always had that. There's the only thing that actually kept me alive because I, I, you know, going, going through those schooling years and actually struggling to fit in and all of those things, even though I was born to stand out and all of that, you know, makes sense to me now, but just, I was so vulnerable and it was so soul crushing as a kid because I allowed what was outside of me to affect me. And if I, you know, but this is the thing you learn, you learn in life and you grow as a person. So I want to share a bit of like all of the stuff that I've been through and the struggles and then, and then, and then give you what, where I am now. And, and you get to see the transformation and hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, as I said, from when I was like age 13, 12, 13, especially to 16 to 17, like and and in that block of not not feeling worthy not feeling loved not not having connection and all of those things not even having connection to my family because i wasn't able to express myself and even though my family would be there no matter what and i just suppressed all of those things because i was afraid i was scared i felt like i was alone like literally and going through and and never really having anyone that I don't know. At the time when I was young, I was hoping that some people would stand up to the bullies and help me and be like, you know, leave him alone. You know, we're just kids. But anyway, <laughs> you can't expect that. We're just kids. I'm just, I'm just being honest that, Hey, it wasn't easy. And like, I, I, yeah, as I said, going through every single day, coming home, crying and, and asking the universe asking god whatever like whatever like you know any of you guys believing but at the time just asking for something to help some sort of breakthrough something something to give and things just got worse and worse like you know i was i remember being literally from 13 to as i said 16 and a half 17 whatever it was it was about that, that age, that block that I was suicidal every single day of my life, every single day I was suicidal and I could not get out of it. I was so trapped. I could not work out how to get out of it. There was just, there was no gift. There was nothing. It was just, I felt absolutely worthless inside, did not feel whole at all. I just felt so shocking and terrible. And the, the emotional abuse that I got, well, I don't look at it like that. But at the time, it was, it was a lot of just, you know, as I said, the bullying, 
which I understand where it comes from, where it stems from now, because I've done a lot of rewind. I've done a lot of training, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I just couldn't understand it. Why people would be so cruel. And, and I was like, what's going on? Like, why, like, why are kids trying to compete with each other? Why are kids wanting to be better than others? Why, like, what, what is all this about? Why, why do we have to, put people down to make ourselves feel better and we think that that's going to make us feel better when it doesn't it makes us feel guilty and shameful and worse when we actually are putting out our negativity onto someone and we're putting someone down and beating someone down for whatever reason based on you know what their perception is of what it was of me and who i was as a person which they none of them none of those people which i forgive knew me back then they didn't know who i was they just saw a shy boy you know according to them someone who didn't understand anything like i'm just stupid i'm dumb i'm whatever i'll just be honest the, the comments and all of those things and they piled up on me they built it was like you know when you get so many things like hitting you it's like a ticking time bomb waiting to just explode right and when you get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and you don't know how to deal with it, you don't have the resources, you don't know how to be resourceful. And yeah, it was, it was not easy. Like I, I, I remember many days that I used to, I used to sometimes I would almost cry in class and people would laugh at me because I'd struggle with my reading. And that was a big thing because I felt so like inadequate because, you know, of, one thing of what was outside of me coming back that, you know, made me start to believe that system, believe that I was stupid, believe that I was dumb, believe that I was not good enough, believe that I was not worthy, believe that I couldn't even have self-love, believe that I couldn't find connections, believe that I could never get out of this mess and I was stuck in a cycle. I allowed that. And I thought, Oh yeah, this is, this is who I am. This is like, you know, I guess I'm going to play this out. And you know where this is leading. So it just got worse and worse and worse. And after all of those years and, and struggling with all of that and, and being bullied, like, you know, to be honest, I can't remember every single thing of like, there's a lot I remember, but there's a, there's a lot that it's, you know, it's out. Like I've, I've lived and I've, I've gone through some things. And um, so, yeah. I'm just giving you brief idea of, you know, some of the things. Um, but yeah, so things just got worse. And, and because it, like my only coping mechanism, the only, the only thing like that I thought was going to help me at the time, because when your mind is muddled and you don't have the resources, you don't know how to be resourceful and you don't have self-love and you feel insecure and you have all of the things that make you shut down and you don't feel you have a voice, your only outlet is to go and reach for like addictions and certain things that you think will fix you, but it just numbs the pain. It numbs the pain. So with all of the suicidal thoughts that were going around in my head from basically age 13 into that block of 17 and a half, of being suicidal every day, crying my eyes at every single day and having like just almost like my own, like my own like mini breakdowns in my own space, not wanting to share that with anyone, know how, that 
what I thought was good for me was to go and start drinking. Like I remember when I was younger, like I think it's like my cousin and my brother and stuff. Like we were only like, you know, sort of 13 or 14 or whatever it was. Oh, I think I was about 13 or 14. And I just remember like getting into the drinking scene and, and having like a one or two drinks and, and so on and thinking, Oh yeah, I'm having fun. And like trying to be like this party boy and like this, you know, to try and escape from the reality or escape from whatever I was going through, like thinking, oh, I'm going to help myself here. No. And I got a taste for it. I got a taste for the alcohol and it, and it, it, it did something in me where I felt like, okay, I need more of that because I, I get to just, you know, have a laugh and put on these fake smiles. Like I'm loving life and all of those things. I and it wasn't like, you know, when I was like, so I'd have a couple here and there and it, it, it just built and built and built. And I stacked on the problem after problem after problem that created a bigger problem. So I didn't start off being addicted, but because of the like little bits as I went on, I ended up creating a habit. I ended up creating a habit and a program that I was running off. So I started drinking more and more and more. By the age of 16, it got really bad. I was at the lowest point in my life. In that year, when I was 16, 17, in that bracket, I was in the lowest point. I didn't think there was any future for me whatsoever. I did not think I had a chance in life. I didn't think I'd make friends, like proper friends. I didn't think I had anything. I didn't even think that, hey, why would even my family love who I am when I'm just, I'm just a mess, I'm drinking, I'm just whatever. These were the programs that I was running in my head and I was stuck in my head, a never-ending loop in my head. I couldn't get out. And I got really, really bad into the, the alcohol. Like there was a stage where I remember there was a period, um, my... So a good family friend of mine is like, we, we call him a cousin. He's like a cousin, long story short. Anyway, won't mention the names or anything, but was staying with us, staying with the family at, at the time. And I remember that he, he used to bring home like cases of beer and, and like want to obviously drink with me and whatever. And I got, I created a habit there was a period for like, you know, six months where I was drinking every single day, like every single day I was drinking, despite having suicidal thoughts running around as a program, not liking anything about life in general or me or like just had nothing. I was just so numb and I created this program and I, and I was running off this, this loop and it was disastrous. And yeah, so, but there was the most, at the time, you know, I saw it as embarrassing at the time. I've grown up now, but when I was young, I saw it as an embarrassing moment. And when you feel embarrassed, you feel shameful, you feel guilt. And no one should ever feel guilty or shameful because you, you're, you're meant to make mistakes in life and grow from that and learn and find new ways, new strategies, all of that. So, what I attached myself to them, to that, 
the story was that I was guilty and shameful because I was embarrassed. This one moment that I remember my mum come up. This is this is the day that I was drinking alone, like purely alone. Like in yeah, you know, at the time you think, whoa, how sad is this that I I am sitting in my room drinking alone. And not just drinking, because how I built the habit and how I got attached, I would always, whoever was around me, this is the this is how it panned out in my life. What whatever drinks they would have, if they had like 10 beers, I would overdo it and I'd probably have 20 beers. And I would always go that extra mile. And 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 this is where it gets interesting. Later on, I'll tell you that this is this is where you shift your mindset and you t- you use the things that you went through as leverage in a good way when you transfer it. Anyway, long story short, I was drinking in my room by myself, suicidal thoughts. And on this day, I was literally contemplating whether I... Like even though I know I had suicidal thoughts, but it was literally I was almost at the stage of ending my life. I was like I was. I was at sorry, I was at that stage. I was at that stage where I'm going, that's it. Today is the day I'm done. I'm I, I'm done with this pain. I can't handle it anymore. And mum come up. She opened it. She knocked on the door, like, oh, "Are you okay?" Because you know, I was just laying on the ground next to the door, just a mess, holding an empty beer, and I drank like a whole case to myself or whatever it was. There was a lot of beers, and but I. So before she come up, sorry, before she come up. I spewed all over the door. I spewed all over the door. And so she's knocked on the door, Mark, are you okay? Or what's going on? And I'm like, leave me alone, like all this. And she was worried. Open the door. She walks in and she sees just spew all over the door. And of course the reaction's like, oh my God. And like, you know, like freaking out and all of those things. And I took it on and it was that moment. Or I, I just, I just looked at myself. I was just like, I felt so worthless. So just, I just felt like a, just hopeless. I felt hopeless. I felt all of those things. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't even speak. I couldn't, there was, there was just nothing. In me. I was just so, and obviously, you know, I had to clean that. And it was the most embarrassing thing to be clean. I'm almost, you may as well say I'm, I'm lying in a bunch of spew, my own spew. And I've got to clean that, which is fair enough. I created it. But I was so, so embarrassed that I am sitting there cleaning my spear off the door. You know, whoa, what is this coming to? What, where is my life going? What's going, is there going to be anything? Please give me something, a sign, something. And you know what? <laughs> I had many, 
many of those days. After that day, you'd think, but I obviously kept, there was the inner voice saying, no, 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 keep, keep staying, stay alive, please stay alive. Don't end it. And there was just something that gave me the nudge. Look, look, you can't go, you can't go ahead with this. Even though I had all of these thoughts and I was literally, I, I'm out of it. I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. I, you know, it was, it was the pivotal moment when I was basically 17 of the, and this is, you know, a long time of going through the same cycles over and over again. This is the one thing that actually kind of saved my life, but it didn't fix me. It just kind of saved me for a little bit longer, for a little bit more hope, for a little bit more belief. I got into the gym. I started to work out in my in my garage. Mind you, I'm still going through, I'm still addicted to, to alcohol. I'm still addicted to that party scene. I'm still in it, but at least I found some sort of, something healthy on the other end that later on has become a part of my life. But I didn't know that back then, but it was just something that made me happy. It made me somewhat happy when I was working out, when I was doing weights and, you know, put it, I put on my weight, I put on some muscle and I felt good. I felt a little bit good, a little bit, just a tiny bit, just enough to keep me alive. And I, I remember like just building that muscle up, putting on a lot, lot more weight because I was very, very, as I said, very, very skinny. Like I might've been even one stage 50 kilos or something in the teenage years to 17 or whatever, like not, not a healthy weight. And, um, and then I put on a lot and, you know, 10 to 15 kilos and felt a lot better of myself. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, a, you know, got something. Mind you though, even grabbing that one thing that actually kept me alive. I still continued with the party life. When I turned 18, that was when I could go out. I could go and party like club and go clubbing and, and I love dancing. So I just, I loved the whole dancing part of it, but because I was super, super still attached to the program, still attached to this coping mechanism that was not a healthy thing for me and, and just bringing more destruction in my life. I, you know, so I remember when I was 18, I used to go out like, you know, it was literally like from Thursday to Sunday was usually, um, it was my binge, just go crazy and go and party and dance and socialize and feel like I've got some sort of belonging and all of those things because I'm having fun. What I thought was fun at the time. And it was the circles of people that I collected on the way that, were not good for me and were like, you know, sort of enabling me and all of those things and, and kept me stuck in those programs as well because I didn't know how to have boundaries in my life to be able to remove that and block that and all of those things. So as I was saying, so when, you know, when I was going out from Thursday to Sunday and this was literally, this is my life for 18 or from 18 when I became able to go out, out became my life from 18 to basically 
actually, I'm going to be precise here to the exact date that I gave up alcohol and everything. August 17th, 2019. I'm almost 29. So I was 27 at the time. I was 27 at the time. So you, you may as well say there's a lot of years of, of being attached to this program and, and, and you can just picture the destruction that goes with that. And it started off as alcohol. This is the thing. Alcohol was like the, the thing that started numerous addictions and patterns and things that I was running off and programs because I was fearful and I didn't like me and all of those things. But so within those brackets of going out for Thursday to Sunday, like it was, a, it was just like a robotic thing. Like it was just a, you know, I'm, in, I'm in the motions. I'm going through the motions of just, there's no meaning to life other than, oh, I'm just partying. There's nothing like, where's my vision? Where's my beliefs? Like obviously when you're a kid, you dream and all of those things, which I had but I didn't back myself, had self-doubt, all of those things. But I, here's me thinking that that was life, that this is, wow, I'm having fun, I'm dancing and I'm socialising and all of these things. Mind you, I was still running off a destructive program that was damaging my life even more and making me more suppressed, more just not able to turn up as who I really, really am from the soul. <clears throat> uh, it's, it, it is it is like when I look at it it is a vulnerable thing and I, don't, I have not expressed like this to the public you know just on my own just talking ever I've had people I've talked to but just me expressing you get to see me um, I haven't done this but I feel called to do this I feel called to help people out there that are struggling so as i said going through the motions of the thursday to sunday and i'm having a good time each each night that i went out i'd wake up and i would forget half of the night from the night before that i was supposedly having fun with friends and then I get certain vivid me memories. Go, oh my God, what have I done last night? You know, I vomited again. I, I, you know, I was sloppy and I, you know, fell over on the dance floor and like hit someone over and spilt drinks on people. And I was sloppy and I was just a mess. And wow, I embarrassed myself. I made a fool of myself at the time. I don't hold those programs now all that language, all those labels. But at the time I'm going, oh, like I, I, I've just, I've, I've made a fool of myself. And you know what? You know what my, my answer, my solution was to that? Let's do it again to forget about it. Let's do it again. Let's just go out there and party again and let's just have a ball and, and forget that that night happened. Let's do it again. Let's wake up feeling like shit again. Let's, let's have, you know, no energy tomorrow again. Let's do it again on repeat. And numerous times of going out, the, the amount of things that I, that I would do and, and embarrass myself and, and then I'd come away and, I'd, and I would analyze it too. 
I wouldn't analyze it and, and speak about it to people around me because I just felt like, wow, I've got some belonging. But I would have these conversations with myself and go, what were you thinking, Mark? Like, why would, why would you do that? Like, it's just, it was silly. Like you, and then have like no money in your bank account because you've just spent 400, $500 on a night out by drinking to excess where you pass out and forget blackout and forget after the night and forget most of the night or remember the embarrassing things about it. But you know what the sad thing was? And at the time, and this is me trying to mask what was really happening at a deep level, you know, in, in, when I peel back the layers and the, all this shit that's sitting there, that I thought it was funny. I was just, I'd laugh. And I don't know, laugh, laugh is good, but laughing at that situation is not good. And, and so I enabled myself to keep doing it and think, wow, I'm having fun. I'm making people laugh. I'm having a laugh. And all of these things that I thought was normal. And I thought this is okay. I'm, as long as I'm having fun, who cares? Little did I know, I was just, I was just damaging myself even more, even more. And, 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 and then people having, you know, their perspective of who, who they thought that I was. It's like, you know, who's Mark to you? Well, he parties hard, he does this, and he makes people laugh, and that's what, who he is. No, it's not who he is. It's not who he is at all. But I was running through this, and it was so, so hard to get through it. It was so hard. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, and like what I was saying in the schooling years and just not being able to express myself, you know, obviously there were certain times where I did open up and remember like, you know, my mom going to the school and wanting to talk to like, you know, the school counselors and all of those things, but it, none of it, none of it did anything. It didn't matter. But so yeah, go, going out and having fun and all of these embarrassing things. Now this is where things, even they got worse. As I said, things just, when, when you're not dealing with the core issues of what you have, inside you and you're not expressing and you're not healing what happens is you pile on problem after problem you stack on the problems and make it a bigger problem so that's what i did i i you know long story short 18 and then 23 whatever i'm still drinking i'm still partying i'm still having fun what i thought i i went and lived in canada for um 14 months when i was age 23 yeah 23 Yep. So, yeah. So I was there for 14 months. Now I never, I never like, this is what my values were really and would have grown up to be. And I never, the thing is I never wanted to be a drinker because I used to see like my, my dad or whatever. I never wanted to be a drinker. I never wanted to get into that scene, but because of the circles that I was in and then, and me enabling myself and trying something, getting addicted and attached and using that as my coping mechanism to numb the pain not deal with the pain by expressing because I didn't know how. So I I said to myself, look, I'm not going to try drugs. There's no way I'm going to try drugs. I'm not going to do it. And when I was in Canada, I remember this vividly, this, this one, I was at a party, party environment at someone's house. We were drinking before we went out and cl went clubbing. And someone said, do you want to try this? What was this? Cocaine. Do you want to just, do you want to just, here's, here's a paper, you know, the, 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 
Money rolled up, paper note rolled up for me to snort cocaine. Now, obviously, I'm in different environments. So this is where I thought, well, no one knows who I am. No one knows my programs. No one knows anything about me in Canada. And I'm like, well, I'm free. I can be me. Be me with the wrong intentions and the wrong things. But I just was free and open for everything. And that was the scariest thing because I was so open to just everything when it came to partying and, and, and stuff. So I never said no. So I tried the cocaine. I remember snorting a couple of lines. I know this is a bit full on, but I'm being, I'm being, this is me. This is what I've been through. And I, I, I did it a couple of times the next night. I went and found this guy and said, hey, mate, you wouldn't happen to have some more cocaine, would you? It's like, yeah, sure. Very welcoming. Here you go. Mind you, I'm drinking and, you know, smoking weed as well. Like, because in Canada, that was like a, just a normal thing in that town, especially a lot of them just smoke weed. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just smoking weed, which it's okay to have the, it's, it's a plant, it's, you know, obviously smoking it and all that. I don't, I don't recommend it, whatever. But at the time it was hurting my lungs. It wasn't good for me. But yeah, so I'm like, yeah, no worries. I'll try some more cocaine and then I'll have it. And then I got, I got really attached because I, I, I'm like, wow, I got like this hit of adrenaline and I got, I got addicted to it. The, like, I oh, will not get addicted to adrenaline through that because we, we can get addicted to adrenaline. I've always been a, a thrill seeker. Like, you know, I've been skydiving in my life. I've done certain things. And I went over there specifically to basically find myself and, um, and snowboard and all of those things because I was passionate about that. I thought, oh, what an opportunity. Go live there for two years or whatever. Get a working visa, whatever. But yeah, so as I said, so I had the cocaine. The next night, I'm chasing it now. Now this is a scary thing. So I'm like, hey, mate, you wouldn't happen to have cocaine on you? Like, oh, yeah, that, that felt unreal. I had so much more energy. I got so like, yeah, I want more of that energy. And so he passed it again. The next night, same thing. Hey, mate, do you still have some more cocaine? Yeah, I do. do would, would you like some? I'll roll it up. And this is how easy acts, like, access I had to this. I didn't pay for any of it. It was just a party town, people from all over that are only there for a short period of time. So, yeah, I, I, I had it again and again. Now, there was many, many times that I just... And the thing is, as I said, you stack on and on and on. So I, when you build a tolerance for something, you need more of it. So because I was having little bits of cocaine and stacking that on as part of a new program and an addiction that I was going to take on as another coping mechanism. And then I, I needed more and more and more. And then it was, didn't stop there. So it was like, hey, would you like to try some magic mushrooms? Would you like to try some speed? Would you like to try some MDMA? Would you like to try all of these things? And I, I tried once and I got addicted to every single one. 
every single drug there was and every in the alcohol and all i got addicted to every single one so every single day for 14 months in that period which i didn't stand for drugs or whatever or alcohol going up that i became so attached so addicted to do this every single day and on repeat and 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 i'll tell you how like you know the time it's sad because most people have breakfast where they eat food and they might have a glass of juice and they might or they might have a smoothie or they might just have water fast or whatever like healthy outlets me it was no let's rack up let's have some cocaine so I can get ready for the day and then have more cocaine throughout the day and then have whatever other drugs or whatever other alcohol, like drinks or whatever, whatever was going to come to me and just be this class clown and just have a laugh and think that I was loving life and living life and all of those things, but I wasn't. And I just, I just got, and that was my program. That was my, so it was like breakfast, lunch and dinner was, was cocaine and drinking was, was my life. Not a good life to live. And I remember this one night. Well, I remember plenty of nights and things over there when I had. So I remember this one night. Um, I was at I was at the pub with a mate, and we were just we were drinking, we're drinking shots, we're drinking whatever, and having a ball, whatever. You know, listening to music and having fun. These two, this couple came along, and they said. Hey guys, do you guys want to come and party with us at someone's house or wherever? And hey, I've got, well, at the time, I'll be honest. I'm just being honest. It was like four grams of cocaine, which is a lot. Four, sorry, four, ba yeah, four bags of cocaine, which is a lot. Which is like four grams or something of weed and whatever else they had as well. Uh, I think there was like speed or something like that. So me, him, and then there was another girl that came along as well. So there's only five of us. And so we decided uh, we're, we're going to share that amount of stuff because I built a tolerance. And yeah, we hooked in. We hooked in. We hooked into it. And I remember when I, when I left that, my, my mate's house and I, I said goodbye because I had to walk home. Now it was like, 5 30 in the morning so obviously no sorry sorry no 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 yeah it was about yeah it was about 5 30 in the morning and i'm walking home my heart was pumping like crazy and i'm i was freaking out because i'm like whoa i've taken too much i am like I almost died on that night literally i had shakes and everything i didn't tell my family i didn't tell anyone but I had shakes and I was like, you know, like having like some sort of like a fit or whatever it was. Um, and I, I, I said to myself, am I having a heart attack? And now I'm age 23. I said, am I having a heart attack? Is this a heart attack? Is this a stroke? Like, whoa, like, what is this? And like, I'm only young. I don't want to die yet. Now you would think, that after that moment that I'd learn my lesson, you'd think that. But because when you create programs and, and you just drive that program and you create it and build it and, and it becomes a part of you, you 
it's like, no, you've still got to learn some more lessons in your life. Anyway, so I did survive. There was many times and many times where I had those those nights of just going overboard. And and there was another night where I was super, super, I'm just going to be completely honest. I'm going to tell a couple of those stories um, because it's important for me to get this out. And I, so I basically, I went out clubbing um, with my mate and he had his mate come along. Now, before we went into the club, this dude said, hey, like we went over and we like the on the footpath somewhere to then put the rack up on my on someone's phone and it was the most shocking thing ever but a cop that the cop cars come past and they and they saw that they pulled over now they come over they knew what was going on the question is all i didn't even know what to say i was just sketchless they handcuffed all of us now i've got my hands behind my back thinking oh my god Am I going to jail here? What's going on? And I'm not a bad person. I just had bad choices in my life, bad things that I was doing. I'm not a bad person whatsoever. I'm a, I'm a caring, loving person. But they, they said to me, look, you know, we're going to let you. And they said to me, they said, well, you're, you're in Australia, right? So we're going to let you off this time because I was so apologetic. I just burst into tears. I was freaking out. They said, we're going to let you off this time, but hey, if we catch you, because they are more interested in the in the, in the the dealers. But they said, if we catch you again, you'll be getting on the plane, you'll be going back home and you'll never be able to, well, it'd be very, very hard to get back into Canada at some point in your life. They might, well, I don't know how it works. I think you have if criminal acts or whatever, you have to wait five years or whatever it was. But I'm just like, wow, no, I love traveling. Like, wow, this could ruin my life. And yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. That's the thing. I attached these things as embarrassing before I started to make my climbs. And then there was another, there was another, so that was one, one incident. There was another night where I drank so much, I drank throughout the day and cocaine and weed like all of these things i know this is full on out there but i want to share this and i i passed out so i went after a night out i went and had um i was eating pizza they're not pizza it's called um what is it so in Canada, it's like chips and gravy and and the and the cheese and stuff. It's like a poutine or something, or whatever it is. I've got. I think it's poutine or whatever, whatever they call. Anyway, doesn't matter. Chips, gravy, and cheese. I I like I passed out my like in my food. My head's in the food, and then I fell on the ground. Now, still like you know trying to remember certain things but i just remember like opening my eyes and the coppers are there and people are circling me going what's going on now they went and took me into what's known as a drunk tank and this is where like i'm so embarrassed because i didn't 
have any recollection of like where where they took me until the next day. So I wake up the next day. I'm freezing because it was cold in Canada, but in the in the cell they put the aircon on to make it even more cruel for us. And I was freezing. And I was just, you know, no pillow, no nothing, just laying there. And then the sergeant comes in and goes, all right, you're, you're right to leave. Mark, is it Mark Grayson? Yep, that's me. Um, you're right to leave. And I've just looked at him going, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Now, I didn't know this, but later on, I went home and realized, hey, my phone's not, my phone, I don't have my phone. So I lost my phone. So I went back into the sergeant and I spoke to him and he explained what happened and how they had they like friends and people were trying to pick me up and trying to help me. And I was just so out of it, like on the ground, on the pavement, like just, you know, with a crowd of people surrounding me. And they told me, you know, you were, this is what's known as a drunk tank, a drunk tank. So I'm going, whoa, I'm in a drunk tank. Like, is this is where my life is going that I'm now put into a drunk tank that like I've got to suffer in a drunk tank and think about what I've been doing and punishing myself in my life. I was super, super pissed off at myself, angry and just embarrassed all of these things. You think I'd learn my lesson. No, I just continued to play out these programs, but I got the fine. You know, I had to pay a fine. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to share those stories, but it's just, you know, and there was so many of those types of nights for me. And that's what I like, like I realized that, well, I, I realized that it was wrong, but I, I was so ingrained into it that I could not stop myself. I was so destructive in every area of my life. And this is probably just, a, this is just a small version. I'm trying to shorten this, but it's probably go for an hour and a half it's a good conversation putting it out there it's going to go on youtube because hey i'm being me but yeah so anyway with all of those programs that i went through in my life you the the, the one moment where it stopped was when i literally hit a standstill and i've explained this story in other platforms and stuff and 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 that but hey this is you're hearing it again because it's a part of it and this is where it changed that when I was age, yeah, 27, no, the lead, yeah, 27, the lead up to going overseas and over, over to England to see my mate, I, I had so many problems and things and running in my life, like, you know, bad breakups and, and, and so many things. And, and then I had, and this is the thing, when you've got a lot of hurt and suppressed hurt, it turns to anger and I would never harm anyone, but I'd harm myself, right? Because I'm destructive and I'm not thinking clearly. So long story short, I remember this one night I was out with a friend at a, at a, um, my sister and her partner's friend's place, drinking around the fire and all of that. It's just a normal night, but I wrote myself off. Like I have many, many times, like every single time I've gone out, I'd write myself off. Like the worst stage where I almost kill myself every single night I go out because I just go so overboard where, hey, oh no, I've got to like feel my heart pumping every single night I go out. Am I dying right now? This is the programs that I ran, seriously. Anyway, 
I wrote myself off. I come home and I, I don't know, something ticked me off, whatever it was. I lost my temper and I punched the tree outside my house. I punched a tree, dislocated my hand. It's like popped right out and like family's freaking out. Took me to hospital, pop it back in and all those things sedate me. Um, and give me like, um, oh, yeah, it's anyway. It's it's tough. It's, 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 it was very tough. But after that, the next day, got a cast on. I'm looking at myself and I'm going, I've got to change something here. I've literally got to change my life. What what am I doing to myself? Enough's enough. So I stopped drinking, but I had a slip up. I stopped drinking for six weeks. I will. It's about six or seven weeks. I went overseas. A broken hand. On the very, I'll just keep it brief. So on the very last night, I had a slip up. I decided to drink. I didn't drink that much according to what I normally would because I tried to train myself differently. Like, no, no, I don't want this life anymore. But then I felt like, oh, no, well, I haven't seen my mate. And then I had a slip up. I had four beers. Now I come back home to his, my friend's house, spewed up in the toilets and realized that, hey, my body's trying to tell me something. I need to stop the alcohol. And if I can stop that root cause, I can stop drugs. Mind you, sorry, I didn't even get into my gambling addictions for a number of years. And it's so many, like, all right, I'll just, just to give you a brief explanation of that, because that entwines in with this. But with the gambling, I was so bad in that too, that I was chasing to try and win myself out of life I got to win something to just get me free. That was my mindset. And, and I like, I remember I did win big one time and I got very, very addicted to that wanting to always win, but I, I lost so much. So when I was playing pokies, pokey machines, I would play it like, you know, I don't know, every night I went out and I would, I would wake up every single time minus like i'll even give the rough amount it was like minus 200 to 300 whatever they allowed with the amount before they cap you in my account and i'd have to last with no money minus money ask money ask to borrow money off family just to make me feel better that hey i can live to get food and all of the normal things that i was being irresponsible because of my destruction that i you know the, to then you know wait for the next payday to wait for the next payday to then do it all again anyway so what i was saying is that after i punched a tree after i um like went to england and then on the way home i had like, i couldn't sleep couldn't sleep and when i <laughs> when i like got off the plane i crashed for 30 it was like a day and a half or whatever it was crash Woke up, had some strange experiences happening, which I've explained in um, previous videos about spiritual awakenings and whatnot. But what they labeled this as, I had what was known as a psychotic episode. So I, long story short, because of that destruction and because I decided, no, I've got to change my life, whatever. I'm going to hospital and then I'm in hospital and then they, the, 
doctors and nurses and all of that, they see me and then they put me in there for three days. And then I went into a mental institution for two and a half weeks and had to live through that. And then when I got out after that experience, I said, enough is enough. I've got to freaking stop alcohol. I've got to stop alcohol, which will stop all things and all of the destructions, which it did. And this is where my life started to change. And this is where I started to look at things differently and go, you know what? I've never read a book, but hey, something's telling me, let's go and go into a bookstore and see what I can find. And you know what I found? Atomic Habits book popped right at me. The book is called Atomic Habits by James Clear, popped right out at me. That was the first book I saw. I went, I'm going to grab that. And this book changed my life. It taught me discipline. It taught me about habits, how to break habits, and how to teach yourself when it comes to cravings and like the responses when it comes to um, addictions and coping mechanisms and working on the one percenters every day. And this is what changed my life forever. And this is when I started to dive deeper. After reading this book, I went and enrolled into wanting to learn about my mind that was messed up, how do I fix this? So I went and did a course called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. This is a few months later after reading the book. Um, well, I had to study before I even got into the course and enrolled, but I was preparing and I was, I, I was training myself with habits every single day, like meditation. I started to get into meditation. I started to journal about like being grateful for things. I started to obviously then go and get more books and read more books. And I was in that transformational period, which I'm still growing and learning and evolving, but it got me on the path and got me thinking differently and thinking, Hey, well, I just transfer all of my addictions into learning. I'm a student for life. I want to learn whatever it takes. That's going to shape me into the person that I am today. So I went and yeah, did the neuro-linguistic program, which is all about rewiring the mind and to create boundaries and understand how we internalize things. There's so many different things a part of that, but it changed me, it shaped me. And then I went and dived deeper and did like the, my master practitioner course and grabbed that and, and forever growing. But it was the habits, it was from the book the habits that I that I took on board, like, you know, with getting my own sacred place so I could focus and so I could grow and evolve. And I, I changed my life and I'm not the same person I was back then. I have completely re, redefined myself to the real version of who I am. Now, I have never felt happier in my life right now, the people that I've got in my life right now are exactly my tribe, my soul family. But mind you, after learning all of the habits and the things, the, the everyday things to focus on by 1%, improve. if you can improve by 1% every single day, you'll be amazed by the results. Now, when I went into the NLP and I learned how emotions work and how we attach emotions to a story and learning about childhood stories and what I went through and learning how to go back and visualize what that was like, 
to relive it again, to feel it and really let that emotion go, to reframe what what I saw. So when so when long story short, so when I'm talking about when I was younger early on and and how kids would call me dumb, they could be stupid, they make me feel embarrassed, or whatever it was, and I'd attach that. And then I'd learn, so going back and reliving that and becoming the observer of my own story to reframe it, to look and go, you know what, what are the learnings that I can get from this? Okay, well, I do feel guilty and fearful and all of these um, negative emotions that I've kept. Why? Well, I felt shameful for that experience, but hey, what can I learn from this? They were six years old. They didn't know either. They were insecure themselves and they like any of these bullies, they were going through their own programs. They were going through their own stuff. They were projecting out all of their hurt and turning into anger and wanting to lift themselves up and build their ego because they were going through the exact same thing as me, just different story, different way of doing things. And, and, and that's, and that was a moment, pivotal moment when I learned that, wow, I can completely forgive all of those people and go, wow, I learned, I learned. And this is what, this is what shaped me as a person. All of those things. You go, wow, now I've learned the lessons. I've reframed the lessons. And now I've moved forward with my life and made better choices and decisions in my life because my mind's clear because I got rid of alcohol, got rid of drugs. I got rid of all of these programs and disruptive, pro destructive programs that I was running through. And look at me now. I am radiating right now. I'm so motivated and I'm here to help people that are going through the same things as what I've been through to express themselves like anyone that wants to come on my sh my podcast to express their stories and and get that out there into the world you know and and you you'll see the healing transformation that goes from within you and there's so many things like when it comes to going from within and redefining who you are and and reframing and rewiring systems Get to know the inner you and, and get to know that, hey, you are a spirit in the body. You are not the body and you are none of those things. So when you get to know your spiritual self, things completely change. They shift. They, they, you, you can leverage your life from that because the, the spiritual practices teach you about simple things, gratitude, self-love, and giving to others and all of these things. They're the principles that I've taken on in my life that's shaped me to the person I am today. And I just want to say that anyone out there that is struggling right now with all of the destruction, you can overcome these challenges. You can overcome these obstacles and you, there are people that on this planet that will help you. And you can even learn through my stories and, you know, and, and grow from that. Do the inner work, do the work, focus little by little, not expecting the results to come to you straight away because when you're patient and you and you work on yourself, continuously working on yourself, evolving as a human being, you will be amazed the transformation you will have in your life. And when you transform yourself and you raise your vibrations and grow as a person, the synchronicities you start seeing, you start seeing synchronicities all the time. The people, all of a sudden, your soul family, the people just turn up. You attract that in. You attract better for your life because you've shifted those stuck emotions out of your body. You've rewired yourself. 
you have a different way of looking at life. You have different vision. All of these things have changed within you. The opportunity, when the people turn up, the opportunities turn up. And when you're questioning or how, but I've got a purpose, but how do I apply? How does, how does that happen? How does this work? When you've got your why, when you know your why in life, the how does not matter. The how turns up. It will work its way out. You don't need to know the how. You just need to know your why. Why you're put on this planet. I know why I'm here. I'm here to help on a global stage, motivate, inspire, and bring the best out in people so they can, so they can shine it, shine their light and thrive as a person. Now, I truly believe I'm on my way. I've already made an impact on so many people. I know that. And I'm humble about it. And it makes me feel so excited to keep going because this is what I love. I love inspiring people. I love making people feel better. It makes me feel better when I see someone else happy because I'm happy. I'm happy within me. And if I'm happy within me, I'm going to radiate that energy back out into the world and give back to the world and be a, a server on this planet to bring about equality in this life. And I wouldn't have done that if I didn't make changes in my life. I, if I stay where I was, I might not have ever been here talking right now. I might not have ever had the courage to do the things that I was doing if I didn't go through that and learn the lessons on the way. So take anything in life as a blessing in disguise, even the struggles, even the obstacles, even the things and people that come along that make you feel bad. Take it as a blessing because any sort of trigger that you have in your life is a gift for you to go deeper and look from within. So then you can express yourself and be who you are. You can be the best version of who you are. And this is what I want for the world right now. I want everyone to just be able to radiate and express themselves in the most expressive way possible. And I'm not sure how long I've talked for. So I might, it's going to go five more minutes and then I'm going to wrap that up for today. It might be long, but hey, this is real. This is authentic. You don't have to listen to all of it in, in, in one go. It's, it's going to happen the way it is. It's going, it's going out regardless. I need this out there. This is going to help so many people that, hey, it doesn't matter what you go through in life. Does not matter where you're at because it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And on that journey, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have people come along that are going to challenge you. But then that's a chance. Instead of looking at that as something as a negative, look at that as an opportunity. Because when you look at opportunities in life, rather than the, the obstacles and challenges and think, wow, why me? Why me? And play the victim mindset. You realize that you can be better off. You can be better off if you have the mindset of, no, I've learned, no, if you learn the lessons, if you look at that and go, wow, it was a blessing in disguise. It shaped me for who I am today. It pushed me to want to work more on myself and, and then radiate that out. So it's a gift. T treat anything in life as a gift. And every single lesson that you have in your life is, is a gift to go deeper. I'm after the deeper meaning in life. I'm after connections, people, and which I have now. 
on that deep level and i'm here to show people through expression that you can heal you can really heal yourself and with the choices in your life sometimes you have to make some tough choices some people will not understand that when you shift when you transform yourself they will not understand where you're going you're vibrating differently but they still want you in your life because they remember an old you or older version of you that was no not really you from a soul and they're wanting to keep that that they'll want to keep you there but you have to have boundaries you have to have boundaries in your life because you'll lose your energy to that and it's not this is the thing. These are lessons. People come as lessons. We are just vessels of information as messengers to pass on into the world so we can teach people how to work on themselves so then they can evolve spiritually and, and grow and, and raise the vibrations, raise the frequencies. And, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's just real. That's me. Look at where I've come from of all of this destructive programs i could talk for days about it and there'll be more of me expressing about more and more stories and things myself because it's important for my own sort of transformation because i'm evolving so rapidly now that i'm just like i'm ready i'm ready to speak more i'm ready to be out there i'm reaching out to people out there that are like you know exactly where i want to be and that's that's the trick Go and find people to surround yourself with that help bring out the best in you, that make you feel good inside, that that have good patterns and behaviours and, and habits themselves and all of those things, and that will make a difference in your life and leverage you to be living in your purpose and make the difference that you want to make in the world. Now, I'm just going to leave it at that. And um, so that... That is another episode of Unleash Your Voice. And just want to say one last thing, anyone out there that is struggling with programs, reach out. I'm happy to have you on my podcast because I feel like you telling the story. See, the thing is, when it comes to um, people helping people, it's allowing people that space to be who they are and express. And this is where we help because we find the answers from within. I'm just a messenger. So please, please, please reach out to me. Don't stay stuck in these situations. I've, I've got the tools and techniques to be able to shift whatever's stuck in your body with emotions and things and help you grow as a person. And this is what I want. And that will do it for today. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed today. Um, thank you for another... Another episode of Unleash Your Voice. Um, Till next time.